0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 65. Today, I'm going to be talking all about um, the, the idea of impressing people and kind of trying to be a certain way so people like you and the concept around that. And basically, like the title of the podcast states, like, imagine if the only person that you had to impress in your life was you. And like, how would that look like would your life be easier? Would it be less stressful? Would you feel you've got more control and probably more time to do things that actually matter? Like how would your relationships look like? So it's kind of spinning it around. I think a lot of the time we think, oh, if everyone likes me, then so much more will be able to happen for me in my life, which to an extent that's true. And I'm going to kind of go into that. But what happens is often we'll kind of put impressing ourselves and liking ourselves as like the last priority on the list where everyone needs to be impressed first and then we're at the bottom of the barrel. And then when that happens, we actually end up achieving not much of the things that we wanted to achieve based on, you know, how you perceive yourself, your kind of your narrative about yourself, your self-beliefs. And due to these beliefs, you actually achieve less. So I'm going to be talking all about that and the thought processes behind that and your like self-belief system and how that kind of is a blueprint for what you're going to then be able to do in your life. It's all kind of linked together. It's really, really interesting. Anyway, um, as usual, update on the week. I feel like while lockdown is happening, there's just no point doing this weekly update. still in lockdown. Um, The weather's actually been great. Fucking boring. How boring I'm actually talking about the weather. Anyway, um, not going to lie, I had a few like testing moments in this last week. Um, it's really, the thing that's getting to me the most is the fact that I can't see my family. That is just absolutely really doing my head in. My parents are in Queensland. I've got, you know, my sister is in Sydney, but too far away from me. I've got cousins, aunties, uncles, a family that I'm so tight with. And it's gotten to a point where there's been really testing moments. So I'm like, I'm trying to keep my cool, but it's just, it's doing my head in. So I go and exercise, I do a bit of like a hit session, I read a book and then I calm down and I'm fine. I obviously talk to them on the phone. So that's been fine. But the thing that's been like just really getting to me is that my sister, as you guys all know, I've spoken about her before, absolute legend. She's actually done a a podcast episode. If you haven't heard heard that episode, it's called What It Takes with Stephanie, aka my sister. Epic, epic podcast about getting shit and achieving shit in your life. Um, She's actually on the Australian bobsled team and she's leaving in like a couple of weeks to Germany to do like the full bobsled season and she might be gone for like seven months. So what's really like grinding my gears is that I'm probably not going to be able to see her um, before she goes. And then I won't see her until like March next year. So I don't even want to think about it. It's so fucked. Anyway, I'll probably just have to like, Leave Australia. And you know how at the moment when you apply for an exemption to leave, you've got to prove that you're gone for three months. So I'll just be floating around the globe for three months just so I can see her um, before I come back. Ugh. anyway, so that's my frustration that I'm sharing with you guys today. Apart from that, I'm really grateful. Everything else has been going well. I've been able to still do the podcast, still reach out to my community. So I'm really, really grateful for that. So, Thank you, my beans. Um, Okay, I am going to be doing a brain fact today, but it's going to be at the end of the episode. Um, So what I want to do is just kind of dive straight into today's topic, which is imagine if the only person you had to impress was you. Okay, so basically what I want to talk about in today's episode is how detrimental it can can be to try and impress others. So I'm going to go into like the right reasons for wanting to impress someone and the wrong reasons for wanting to impress someone. When you should actually like, when are the times that you should question why it is that you're doing something and what it is that you're aiming to get, what it actually gives you and what you can be doing instead of trying to impress people. So how you can kind of break that cycle, especially like a lot of people are massive people pleasers, and that's kind of how they feel validated. So to say to someone, stop trying to impress people, to them, they're like, if I stopped, then I would have nobody liking me. No one would want to hang out with Blah, 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 blah. So I'm going to talk about how you can break that cycle. And like I said, it goes for people pleasing. It goes for like when you act out of character to make other people think you're funnier or cooler. It it also happens when like let's say you've got a crush on someone and you've put that person on a pedestal. And when you're around them, you're like, oh my god, I just can't be myself. It's because you're trying to impress them. It's because you've got an idea in your head of what you think that person would like, and you're trying to get as close to that image of that person as possible. So you're trying to say the things that you'd think they'd want to hear. Maybe you're trying to agree with them on something that you probably don't give a flying fuck about, or. You're you You probably disagree on, you know, all these things that you try and do. And then what ends up happening is the absolute opposite. That person doesn't look at you and say, wow, what a dynamic, interesting person. They're like, they're nice, but boring at best, you know, so That's pretty much what I'm going to be talking about. All those different things. um, We're going to break it all down into different sections and kind of flesh it all out. And kind of hopefully by the end of this episode, I want you to realize that where you're going to gain the most in life and where things are going to really start to transform as far as like calling things into your reality. um, If you want to call it manifesting things in your life based on your behavior and your actions, that's all going to happen when your goal, your number one priority is to impress yourself, to make yourself feel good, yourself feel proud and think are going to fall into place it's going to be pretty cool so ideally grab out like a paper and pen and start jotting ideas down because what we want to do is also like identify where we do this the most and how we can kind of like pick it apart and you know work on those things okay so the first thing I want to talk about is why do we do this in the first place why do we really try and impress other people to the extent that we are not really being a true representation of ourselves okay Or we feel that we have to act or be a certain way that doesn't come really naturally to us um, when we're in front of other people. And you see this really—it's really, really common in a lot of people that they act a different way depending who it is that they're talking to. So if it's their grandparents or someone you know quite uptight or whatever, versus their friends, versus other people in their family, versus a stranger, you know they're probably showing a different side of themselves. And to an extent. I get it, obviously, but then sometimes we overdo it where we're actually omitting things about our truest self in order to please somebody else. And I'll go into that in a little bit, um, but that that really grinds my gears when people do that because it can be really detrimental to yourself because if you omit something about yourself for long enough because you're trying to not offend or not hurt somebody, especially when it's a part of who you are, then that is extremely unhealthy to how you then view yourself because the message you're sending to yourself is That part of me is there's something wrong there with that part of me. So I can't share it to everyone involved. Okay, so we'll go into that in a little bit. But why do we do it in the first place? We do it basically because you feel that who you are or what you have to offer isn't quite enough in that moment. Like I said about the crush, you're trying to impress them. You're trying to be like, I really want this person to like me. So what could it be that they want to hear or want me to do or say that's going to get them to like me more than just me being me, okay? You feel like you can't just be you. You feel like you can't be raw and just have people see what you have to say and just be the real you. And because, and the reason is because if the real you gets rejected, then it feels so much worse because someone is rejecting you, like the, the stripped-back version of you. If you then have a safety blanket of kind of pretending to, you know, be somebody else or pretending to like be this loud and whatever, and then that person rejected you, you could then have this thing of like, oh, I was just acting so weird. No wonder they, they felt that way. Oh, I was just like, I wasn't really being myself. So they didn't really get to know them. So it's almost like a protective blanket. So we use it for two reasons. A – because we're not prepared to put our raw self, it feels too vulnerable to put our raw self forward. So we try and impress them with what we think they want. We don't think we're enough. And then B, it does serve as a safety net for us to, if we did get rejected, not feel that pain so much because we'd have all these excuses as like, oh, it wasn't the real me they were rejecting. It was a different version. It was a fake me. It was kind of like a heightened nervous me that they were rejecting, okay? And then another reason why we do this is because we absorb it Culturally or within our family, we see other people being like, oh, don't act that way in front of this person or don't or like one that I fucking hate is like, oh, just don't tell your grandparents that you're gay or, you know, like, why, though? Why? You know, why can't you just tell people if you're gay or trans or whatever in any aspect of your life that you are. Because the problem is if you feel that you can't talk to older people about it or talk to this person about it or talk, you are holding back a part of information about yourself. It is who you are, right? And... It's really sad that you then feel that you can't share that information about it because it would upset somebody or it would, oh, but they're just old fashioned. Why are they old fashioned? Because they're not growing their minds. That's why these people are old fashioned and they're going to be stuck there forever unless they're exposed to more. So the way I look at it is you're doing them a fucking favor if you then say, hey, this is me, take it or leave it. Too bad, so sad. We hold back information so we make the other person feel better. So essentially, we pretend to be something that we're not, so somebody else can be more comfortable. And that's really sweet and very much you're, you're very charitable. You very like you're a martyr. That's all well and good, but that's not going to help you in the long term. Okay, you might be helping someone else out in the short term because you want to make them feel comfortable, but you're not doing anybody any favors. I can guarantee you that. Okay, because when you don't be your true authentic self. You are essentially sending yourself the message that I am not quite good enough to be able to just be my raw self to everybody. That's what you're telling yourself deep down. I need to hide this about myself. And you're also saying that person's opinion is more important than my reality. What the fuck? Okay, so let's kind of identify all these areas. We're going to break it all down and I want you to start to feel more... I want you to, when you hear all the reasons and when you hear how much you're going to get out of it, I hope that it's going to inspire you to be able to be like, nah, I'm just going to be the raw version of me as often as possible. And I'm just going to keep training myself to get into that. And you're going to see all the shit that's going to happen for you. It's incredible. Okay. Now, not trying to impress someone is not selfish. Okay. Let's get this really clear. You can still be a really great friend, a really great support, a great person, but still sticking to who you are and not needing to turn into a version that's not really you for someone to like you. So you can still have all these qualities of a great person and a great friend without your need to be to impress them. You can be there to support them. You can be there to enjoy their company and vice versa. But this need to impress people ends up kind of backfiring because your focus is on the wrong thing, right? Um, and I'm going to go into a, in, in a moment. I'm going to talk about like the right reasons when you're impressing people. But I'm pretty sure you guys know what I'm talking about here. When you're pretending to be someone that you're not, so that people like you, okay, or so that people don't feel threatened by you, or they don't feel that they have to disagree or debate things with you, etc., etc., etc. Okay, it's inbuilt in us to want people to like us. That's naturally built into us. When people like us, we feel a bond and then we get a hit of that bonding chemical oxytocin and when we and we also get like serotonin and the reward drug of dopamine and it's our survival pathway being like you've got to be part of the community, you've got to be part of the tribe and if you are part of the tribe, you survive. If you are rejected from the tribe, you die. So it is built in to a chemical electrical level that we want people to like us. So that's fine. Understand that. But we need to kind of, kind of play around with how intensely we're wanting people to like us and is it for the right reasons and is it not, okay? Because there's a lot you can do in your life for people to like you where it's not you trying to impress them and just get get them to like you, where it ends up being a power play where you've put them up on a pedestal and you're down below, okay? You can get people to like you by just being a good fucking person or respecting somebody and still just being you. You can be super respectful but completely disagree with someone. You can be super respectful and be like, I respect you, however, I'm not going to lie about who I am. You know, there's ways of really being super respectful or supportive or helpful. You can still be a great person and people still like and accept you and want to be around you without you trying to impress them all the time because that's where you fuck the power play and you put yourself down and you're putting this person up and then you can't ever really see eye to eye with that person and then that person intimidates you or you feel nervous around them and you just feel that you can't be real without feeling threatened, without your ability to be liked being threatened. Now this need for being liked and it's kind of like that need – the seek and the reward that some people have. Sometimes it can be so strong that people will constantly want to be liked or desired by people that it becomes like this kind of compulsion all the time. Like for example, look at someone who's a bit of a player in the dating scene, okay? They have this absolute compulsion to want to be liked because they are craving that feeling. They're craving that feeling of acceptance, of being wanted, of being needed. So they're kind of throw their net they cast their net wide right because they're trying to pull in all these hits a hit of feeling good here a hit of feeling good there a hit of feeling good and this is why they kind of are perceived or not even perceived this is why they are that like a player in the sense that They will want and need you until you service their needs, right? Once that need has been met, they don't then need it straight away from you. So they can kind of palm you off. And if the net has been cast wide enough, they're getting that need serviced multiple times. So if you've got someone who's an orbital ghoster in your life, I can guarantee you the reason why they've ghosted you in the first place is because they're getting that love or quote unquote love and attention and validation from many sources. They don't need it from you anymore. Their cup is full. Okay. And then when they're lacking, then they circle back because they're like, I need you to fill my cup again. Thank you. And goodbye. Oh, I need it again. Thank you. It's completely for selfish purposes. And it's because they've got this crazy want to be accepted and loved, but they're looking for it in the wrong places. They're looking for it in places where they're not putting in the effort to make a connection. So it's always going to be these tiny, tiny hits. And because they don't invest the time to make a proper connection, it's never going to last long enough. So they're constantly having to seek it in a lot of people. And I can in 99.9% of the time, say that that has got to do with an issue with self-love, okay? People that are players where they're constantly on and off, hot and cold, they have an issue with their relationship with themselves, hands down, okay? Now, let's go into the right reasons to impress somebody, okay? So if you're thinking, oh, but I'm always trying to impress like my date, or I'm always trying to, you know, make my parents happy, don't, it's not all doom and gloom, that's fine. (laughs) There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. If when you were put it this way, ask yourself this question. If when you are trying to impress somebody that you love or your boss or whatever, if you are still being you, authentically yourself, then that is fine. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Let's say that you want to put on like a really epic date for someone that you've, you know, that you're you're seeing or or someone that you've been together for a long time and you go all out and you do, you plan it and you do everything. That's impressing someone for the right reasons. You're still being authentically yourself and you're trying to do this like epic gesture or surprise somebody and make them feel special and make them feel loved. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know, as long as it, as long as your actions, when trying to impress someone, do not take away from your core self, from your core truths. So you're not pretending to be something that you're not. You're not trying to fit into a certain, you know, box that's just not you. Okay. Then it's perfectly fine. You can go above and beyond to deliver like an epic piece of work to your boss. So they get impressed by you. That's fine. Um, But you... Pretending to be like some high flyer of this or that or pretending to be this to then impress someone on a date when it's not really you. You pretending that your career is something that it's not because you think that the job that you have is just not quite enough so you've got to fluff it up. Or you pretending that your achievements are more than what they are because you think that what you have done is not enough. That is when it's detrimental to you. That's when you're saying who you are isn't enough. You need to add some fucking GST on that and spice it up, okay? That's not helpful to you in the long term because then you feel that you are not enough. You constantly feel inadequate in situations because you've put everyone else thinking that they need more from you and you think that you can't deliver. So instead, you're just going to, you know, put on some sort of an act or pretend um, to be essentially pretend to be someone that you're not or or a, a version of you that's just not quite accurate. You've got to think that when you impress someone by being something that you're not or, you know, like saying something that doesn't ring true to you or agreeing with them when you don't really agree because you want to appease them or whatever, um, that feeling, that high when they do respond well, they respond in a way that you wanted them to respond, it's actually very short-lived. It's a very small high and that high does not last long because you're then thinking, okay, that worked. That fake version of me worked. Now I've got to find another fake thing to do so they like the fake me. So it doesn't last long. It's a relief more than anything. It's like, oh, that worked. Now what next, you know? And if you impress somebody for the right reasons, again, that's great. The high lasts a little bit longer. It's great. But it's not a long, long, long long-term lived thing, okay, because it's always going to be external to you. So whether it be for the right or the wrong reasons, when you impress somebody else, It's a short-lived high. And when you impress someone for the wrong reasons, it's more a relief than a high. However, when you impress yourself, you have done something for you. You have increased your respect for yourself. You've honored yourself in that moment. And that is where true self-love starts to happen. And when you love yourself, other people see that and they reciprocate. They see how you treat yourself. They see that that is the standard Okay. When people look at other people, you, you already know what their standard is for love based on how they treat themselves. Okay. So they see how you treat yourself. That's the standard. And then they treat you accordingly. You teach people how to treat you by example. And the way you treat yourself is the example that you're setting. You set the example and they follow. If you don't respect yourself then people won't respect you. And if they do respect you, that's fucking lucky and you've just met like a great person who's just going to respect everyone. But in general, people are going to kind of mirror back how you treat yourself. And that's when, you know, when you meet someone that does treat you like shit, that person doesn't last long because you've cut them out of your life pretty fucking quickly. Okay. So the standard has to be across the board and it starts with you. You can't sit there and treat yourself like shit and then expect everyone around you to treat you well because they're not saying it, so they probably don't get it. If you impress yourself, number one, if that's your priority and you're doing things to impress yourself, and I'll go into that in a little bit, I'll go more in depth about that, but when you do that, it is a long-term win. You feel good for a very long time because this is an internal thing. It not only makes you feel good in the moment, but it confirms how you are treating yourself all the time, not just in that moment. So if you can do something aimed to please just yourself, aimed to impress just yourself, then you're going to feel good all the time, not just around that one topic, because you are treating yourself with respect. You are valuing yourself and it feels fucking good. And because at the end of the day, you are the one that is going to bed with you for the rest of your life. You're the one that you have to wake up to in the morning. You're the one that has that's in your head with your thoughts. It is you. It is only you. It's only ever been you and it only will ever be you. So if you can get yourself to a place where you are really impressing yourself, you go to bed at night being like, fuck yeah, bitch, let's do it again tomorrow. That's the headspace you're going to be in. If you go to bed trying to impress other people and not feeling like your true self, you're going to go to bed at night thinking, I'm just not good enough. I'm just not good enough. Very dangerous place to be in. It's not worth it. Now, let's look at what happens when you shift who is at the top of the list, okay? When you kind of flip it around and think, I'm putting myself first. My actions are going to be here to make me feel good, not to make other people feel good. Not always putting them as the priority. What happens when you do that? A lot fucking changes in your life when you shift who's at the top of the list, especially when it comes to impressing people. And the hint is it should always be you at the top of the list, okay? Now, what what happens? Number one, you end up doing things for the right reason. When you do things to impress other people, you never really know what the right reason is. You're just trying to make that person happy. But what is the underlying message behind that? It's just not the real you. You're putting forward a fake foot, whatever you want to call it. And so the way that person responds to you they're responding to a version of you that's not real. So how far can that relationship go? How authentic can that relationship be? That person, let's say you've gotten them to like you or this version of you, they're not really liking you, are they? So you've wasted your time. So if you do it to impress yourself, you do things for the right reason because you're not like there's no double agenda here. You're doing it because it's that is what's true to you. Number two, because of that, you're going to then expand on your self-love. You're working on yourself all the time. You're feeling good about the things that you've done because it resonates with you on a deeper level, not some superficial thing. I hope this person likes me. Number three, the people who are not meant for you are not going to take up space in your life because if you're doing things for you, those people are either attracted to you or they just stay in the periphery or they're not in your life whatsoever. There's no point trying to like reel these people in, reel these people in, reel these people in for this like effort, effort, effort of pretending to be something that you're not. So they stay in your life when eventually it's just never going to work. Okay. It's never going to work. You've put them on this fucking pedestal where they don't need to be. They should be at your level. You're trying to be something that you're not. And that person, it's just not a true connection. They feel it. You feel it. It just doesn't last. Okay. Then number four, shit starts to happen for you big time. Like Big time. Shit just falls into place. And I've said this before, but we've all been there and we all know someone. Start think, start coming up with examples in your life because you have many. Everyone's got examples of this. You've just got to pause and think. Who are the people in your life that you think are just magnetic? It's the kind of friend that you might have. It might be you. It's, or the kind of friend that you have or a relative that walks into the room and it's got nothing to do with their physical appearance, but they just command this attention. People stop and pay attention to that person. They are magnetic. They've got something about their energy that just draws people in. People want to hang around that person. People want to work with that person. People want to employ that person. People want to help that person out. They want to connect with that person. Why? Because they have something that's so real and authentic about them. They are so themselves. They are so comfortable in their skin and that is so noticeable. So just Pause and think, who are the people in my life that are like that, that no matter what situation they're in, they're just authentically themselves. They don't try and dampen down who they are because they're around somebody who might be uptight. They might, you know, they're just them. Take it or leave it. I'm going to still be respectful, but take it or leave it. This is me. And because of that, they have this crazy, super attractor energy about them. Okay. So start to think about those examples in your life and you're going to realize that it's, it's no coincidence that the people who are really comfortable in their own skin, who don't pretend, who are never fake, who are never trying to get people to like them for no reason other than them, just themselves. Those people also happen to be super, super attractive personalities. It's, it's, there's no fluke there. It's simple math. And then number five, you start attracting incredible relationships. Incredible relationships. These are the kind of relationships that you might meet someone randomly on like one shift that you've worked with them. And then by the end of the day, you're like, how have I never met this person before? Oh my God, we're bouncing off each other. It's the kind of relationships that when you're out, you might meet someone and it's just like, it's fucking on. You've just like... And I'm talking, it doesn't have to be romantic. As a friend, you're like this person, we're just vibing, get something. You know, it's these relationships where people are, if, if you're like that and if the other person is like that, then bang, it's a magnet and you guys just can connect straight away. All the superficial chit chat of like awkward this or, uh, uh, you know, those weird disjointed conversations that don't really get anywhere. And like you're trying to go there with the conversation, they're trying to go here. And it's a bit awkward and weird. That doesn't happen. You don't waste time on that kind of shit and then you just get straight to the bottom of it. And it doesn't mean that you're agreeing with the person. You can disagree. You can debate. You can have healthy conversations. You can learn about the other person. You can see someone else's perspective, but you just vibe off that other person because you're like, this is me authentically. This is who I am. I'm just going to be naturally me with my humor. And if that person doesn't like it, then the connection won't be there. Thank God I could sift that person out. So I don't have to be wasting time pretending. They're just not, you know, they might just be an acquaintance, but they don't have to be a friend. I don't have to force them to like me. They don't have to be someone that I'm wanting to date. On to the next, okay? And because you've got that energy, you then start to create some epic relationships because people see the true you, they're magnetized to it, and they want to be around that. They want to be around that. If you live to please everyone and to make everyone like you, you will lead A boring life. You will need to be so bland as to have, as to not oppose anyone or not offend anyone that you will be boring and nice at best. Okay. And that's not to say that you can't be someone that's just loved by everyone. Like I've got some friends that, you know, like no matter who they're around, everybody loves them. But they're not trying to be liked by everyone. So you might just by default be somebody that is liked by everyone. Good on you, fantastic. As long as your aim isn't I have to get everyone to like me, I have to get everyone to be impressed by me because then you're like you're preoccupied with that as your main thought instead of being like I'm just like I'm just cruising through. I'm going with the flow of the current being myself and things are just going to start to happen for me. You're in this forceful I have to make this happen, I have to make this work versus it's going to flow. I'm just going with the flow and what happens happens and I follow the the, the path of least resistance and if it's not happening, I just let it sit. I'm not going to force anything, okay? It should not be your priority in life to be liked by everyone. It should be your priority in life to be liked by yourself. You have to like you because what good would it be if you're liked by everyone but you're sitting at home being like, no one really knows the real me and I'm really unhappy and I don't like myself. What the fuck is the point? You're better off having one person adore you for the real you than having all these people like you for the fake you. Because at the end of the day, like I said before, then you go home at night with your own thoughts unhappy. You've gained nothing. So your priority has to be I have to impress me, I have to like me, and then weirdly enough when you do that, more people start to like you. More people treat you better with more respect and they want to be around you because you become magnetic. You are who you are, you're comfortable in your own skin and people love that shit. You don't have to be the friendliest person in the world. You can be just you. Who cares if you're a bit sarcastic? Who cares? It's just you. Okay. So now that we've got all those, like that whole conversation that I just had with myself about everything, let's ask ourselves some questions. If you feel that that really resonated with you and you're like, yeah, that, um, a hundred percent, is me in a lot of situations or in certain situations. A lot of people might be really authentic themselves, but when it comes to dating, especially if they haven't had a good track record, they get nervous around the fact that they haven't had a good track record, that they feel that they have to try even harder next time. And then it kind of continues this, you know, pattern where you're just never really connecting with people. And you're like, why am I such a disaster in the dating world, which then makes it harder for you next time. Cause if your beliefs around that, so It could be any of those categories. It could be all the time. It could be some of the time. Let's just identify right now. Ask yourself, when is it that you notice that you do this the most? Okay, figure it out. Is it to certain people in your family? Is it to your in-laws? Is it to people that you're dating or certain friendship groups? You might have a group of friends that you're so yourself around and they're not really with other people, you know, so kind of take a look at that and work it out. And then you think, Am I, is this, is there a common theme here? Is there one particular aspect of my personality that I'm not being true about? Or is it just in general? Am I just nervous in general, not feeling that who I am is going to be enough? Okay. So sometimes it might just be one particular aspect of who you are, or it might just be an all round thing. So start to figure out, start to pinpoint these things. When are you most nervous? When do you feel that you're saying things that aren't really true to yourself? Or when are you hiding aspects of yourself, um, to make someone else feel more comfortable or make someone else feel happier. Start to write all these things down. It's really important to write them down. Grab that pen and paper and start to acknowledge things. You can't change what you don't acknowledge, so put it down on paper and start to really identify these areas. The beauty of it is once you've written it down and identified it, the next time you do it, you're going to have this ping little alarm go off because you've remembered the last time you remembered it. And then you're able to just become more conscious in the moment of what's happening. Okay. And that's the first step because then you start thinking, wow, let's just pull it back. Is this really what I want to be saying? Can I be a bit more honest? Or is there something that I could share that's more authentic other than what I'm about to share? Things like that. You know, it's really good to identify all these things. So then you are aware of it when it crops up in future. Then I want you to ask yourself, what am I avoiding when I do this? What am I avoiding? and from who in particular and why okay then ask yourself what would happen if you started being just straight up yourself who you are all of a sudden what would happen i'm going to tell you what's going to happen at the beginning people will probably act a little bit weird you know let's say you're coming into your true self or let's say let's say you've really wanted to be this career path like be this have have a different career or a different let's say you you all of a sudden want to be a comedian right and you've never really done anything like that at all but you're like no fuck it I want to do it it's, it's in me people see me as differently but this is what I want to do and it's in me let's say you decide okay fuck it I'm just going to bite the bullet and do it or a different career altogether I want to do something different and that's the real authentic me people might yeah they might act a little bit weird or they might say to you you've changed They might, you might get all of that or, oh, so-and-so is being weird at the moment. So-and-so is it. Yeah, can't actually, no, I'm not. I've actually just reverted back to who I am. But cheers for noticing, enjoy. Or don't, I don't care. Goodbye. So you might get a little bit of pushback, but I can guarantee you one thing. The people that actually love you are here to stay. They're here to stay. They might be like, oh that's a bit different. Oh, that's a change. But then they're going to notice, wait a minute, they're a bit happier in themselves. So you might get a bit of resistance or pushback initially, but people get the fuck over it. If you're avoiding doing something that's true to you, because you're scared of what people are going to say behind your back, let's cut the mystery. They will talk behind your back. 100% they're going to talk behind your back. But you know what? They're probably already talking behind your back. And you know what? It's not even a big deal. People talk about other people behind their back because they're bored. It's not because they actually give a fuck. It's not because they're actually that concerned about what you're doing. Gossip happens when people are bored, okay? It's just something to do in the meantime. It's not evil. It's not horrible. As long as they're not backstabbing and being psychos, people are probably going to comment about your life decisions behind your back all the time. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's better than having someone, people not think about you ever. Obviously, they care enough to be talking about you. I'm flattered. Thank you so much. Done good times and I can guarantee you that's going to be short-lived they're going to get over it there's not much more to discuss when that's just the new you they'll probably talk about it and then they get over it okay it's like imagine if you just all of a sudden were always straight and then you came out as gay yeah people are going to talk about it so what what are they going to say (gasps) do you know that so-and-so came out as gay yes what's your point next you know so that like people will talk but it's not a big deal like I can guarantee that people probably talk behind my back but it's not none of my business if I'm not there it's not my business so I'm glad I have provided you with some entertainment for the day I hope you had fun whatever I'll see you next time It's not a big deal. You don't want to concern yourself with that shit because if you don't take action on things in your life or if you don't step into who you really are and do what you really want to do because you're afraid of what people are going to say behind your back, that is so futile because people always talk shit about people behind their back even when they're trying to please other people. You could be the biggest people pleaser trying to make everyone happy and they're probably talking behind your back thinking that it's weird how you're always trying to make people happy. You know what I mean? So knowing that knowledge it hopefully will make it easier for me to be like, fuck it, I might as well just be myself. People will get over it. People will probably talk about it initially and then move on to the next thing. That's what happens all the time. And also, we've all engaged in gossip. And when we've gossiped about other people, is it because we hate them? No, no. It's because it's just a fun topic to talk about at the time, but really it's often not with any malice. So I don't want you to ever concern yourself about people talking behind your back because it's 99.9% of the time it's so harmless and the, the, the intention behind it is not out of malice. It's just boredom, okay? So it's never a big deal when people talk behind your back, okay? Like, for example, this is so random and off topic, but once I was at, like recently, like six months ago, I was at a friend's party, And I was wearing a particular outfit that was quite revealing. And then we're all in a group of friends. And then one of my friends says, oh, so-and-so, this guy, has been going around being like, can you you believe what Alexis is wearing? And I was like, yeah. He's entitled to his opinion. Like, if you want to tell me what he said, fine. But I'd rather you didn't because my opinion of him doesn't change. I still think he's a legend. If he genuinely doesn't love what I'm wearing, that's his opinion. And he is entitled to that. And – I don't really care because I wouldn't change just because he thought that and I don't think less of him because he thought that either he just might have that opinion it's I don't think he hates on me because he's made that comment do you know what i mean like you just you just Find a way to realize that that's someone's opinion. It doesn't change anything. And they're probably just saying it because it's a point of conversation and they're bored and they're probably a little bit sassy, but it's not a big deal. And that's how you want to approach everything. And then you feel more comfortable with who you are because you've defend- you've backed yourself. You've defended yourself. Well, I'm clearly wearing this because I want to wear it. I'm not wearing this because it's an outfit that he thinks is going to be good. Imagine if I thought that. Then where would I be? I would be fucking dressed in a fucking nun robe all the time to not offend anyone. And even then, people would be like, why is she dressed as a nun? So you can never please everyone, so don't bother. So to basically wrap up this topic, I want you to sit down with that same pen and paper where you've hopefully jotted all that shit down. And then at the bottom, write, what would my life be like if I genuinely did things that impressed me, if I wore the outfits that made me feel like a badass bitch and made me happy, if I did the career and flipped around and said, this is what I'm going to do with my life now, even if it fucking fails, this is just what, this is me now, I'm doing this. If I started having my genuine humor, if I started respectfully disagreeing with people when I didn't agree with them, what would change? How much freer would I be? And would I be happier? So ask yourself all these questions and then kind of write down what your life could look like if you truly just like came into your own and started behaving that way. How much would change? And I can tell you not much bad would come from it, if any at all. It will be pretty incredible. So get yourself in that headspace of really picturing, visualizing your life where you are being, where you're honoring who you are 24-7 all the time. I don't agree with that. I don't have to agree with it. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. I'm not going to. I can comfortably say love you guys, but I don't really want to go to that party. Not my thing. Don't really want to be there. Don't really want to do that. People don't love you any less. Okay. They're like, oh, that's that person. That's what he or she likes. We're just used to it now because that's them. You're not there pretending that you want to be there. You're not there pretending that you have to hang around these people that you don't want to hang around with or pretending to agree with them. That all disappears and then you then have so much more time to be who you want to be, be around the people you want to be around and do what you want to do, okay? It's all good stuff, so it's fucking epic. I hope you guys have hopefully gotten a little bit more inspired to just be a little bit more yourself and stop thinking that impressing people is the way to get people to like you and to get people in your life. It's actually the opposite, okay? Now, that's that. I hope you enjoyed that. Today's brain fact topic, we're going to talk about PTSD and what it actually is. Because we all talk about it all the time, like, oh my God, PTSD from that, oh, trauma. But let's actually talk about what actually post-traumatic stress disorder is as a diagnosis. So the DSM-5, and basically the DSM-5 is is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders, um, Edition 5, is pretty much a handbook of all disorders and what the diagnosis is. So basically there's like a standardisation when diagnosing mental and psychiatric disorders. Um, This particular manual is heavily used In the United States, it's the most common one in the United States and also Australia for mental and psychiatric disorders, but it's not the only one. There's a few other manuals as well, but I'm not going to go into that. So in order to be properly diagnosed with a disorder, it's got to follow the criteria or guidelines laid out in this manual. Um, And here, post-traumatic stress disorder is categorized by a trauma and stressor related disorder that occurs after experiencing or witnessing a traumatic event. So here it states that in order to be diagnosed with PTSD, symptoms must persist for over one month, and the symptoms must cause significant distress um, in the person's daily life or functioning. Okay, so these can be behavioural symptoms, such as like changes in behaviours, like avoidance of situations or places that remind men, remind them of the initial event. Or where they feel like hypervigilant, always being like ready or on guard or hyper arousal where, you know, if they heard a sound or they saw something, they would have like this startled response to a relatively small trigger in comparison to how other people would react. Um, And they might even start avoiding other people and feeling quite detached to people who are even close to them. There's also psychological symptoms and those symptoms would be things like nightmares, intrusive thoughts um, or flashbacks to the original event. Um, And then because of that, there's then a carry-on effect where they've got like sleep problems or overall mood disorders as well, like depression or anxiety disorders alongside the PTSD. Now, there are also, in addition to all of that, other factors that might determine if someone's going to develop PTSD after a traumatic event. Um, and there are certain events that are more likely to cause the onset of the disorder than other things. So things such as like interpersonal trauma, which is something like an, a violent attack or a violent mugging or rape, that has a higher rate of PTSD than things like a disaster, like a natural disaster or um, or an accident, like a car accident, for example. So they can all cause PTSD, but interpersonal trauma is, that's the more common form of um, PTSD that you see. Also someone's upbringing plays a role and if they were exposed to a lot of trauma as a child then when they experience different trauma as an adult it could then result in the onset of PTSD and that comes down to how trauma was processed and how they their brains have adapted to processing trauma and if it hasn't adapted in a particular way it then might not process it in a way that prevents PTSD and therefore it causes all these like problems with anxiety and depression after that so if someone has like a really good coping strategy like for example good emotional support or good social support network then that can prevent the onset of PTSD. So let's say you've experienced a really traumatic event. Normally the onset of PTSD might be like a couple of months after the the event. It, It doesn't have to happen straight away. Sometimes it can be longer than a few months and it can last for a few months or it can last forever. So it just depends on the person. But if you experienced a traumatic event and then straight away you had really good coping tools at your disposal, like a community to talk to about or therapy or something like that, then that might prevent the onset altogether of PTSD. You might never get it because you had those coping strategies to help you process that memory properly without kind of leaving your brain to deal with this really traumatic event and then it may be not processing it how it should. Then there's also things like if if people have problems with their arousal and sleep regulation systems or if they have um, problems with the pain control like their endogenous Endogenous means like it's produced by the own body. So their endogenous opioid system, if they've got problems with the regulation of that, then those people are also more likely to develop PTSD if they experience a traumatic event. So another possible reason, this is really interesting, is that there are physical changes in the brain. And people with PTSD, the part of the brain involved in this processing of memories might be smaller in size and this this part is called the hippocampus and the hippocampus processes memories and it's believed that due to changes in the size of the hippocampus it's not able to properly process flashbacks and nightmares and because it can't process it properly they continue to occur and the anxiety around it never gets reduced if anything it increases because it hasn't been processed properly because the hippocampus is smaller and probably not able to do the work that it should be able to do. So how do we treat it? Treatment is, it's pretty hard because one of the best ways to treat PTSD is through exposure therapy. And the idea around exposure therapy is giving that person like some sort of cue, a cue of a memory of the initial trauma, and then kind of being there with them, like the therapist, is help, they're basically helping them stay calm as they remember an aspect of the event and then giving them coping mechanisms while they're remembering it until they completely come out of that memory and then are talking about something else. So they go through the whole journey with them so they're not alone. Basically, you never want to leave a session with someone who's doing exposure therapy when they're at their heightened state, okay? You want to get them to that state where they've remembered it, but then they're able to calm themselves down with coping mechanisms, okay? That's really, really effective treatment. But it's also really hard to, like, offer this treatment to people because, as you can imagine, victims of PTSD – like, people who have PTSD – That's the kind of treatment that they're going to avoid the most. They don't want to do that, obviously. So then another really good um, treatment is group therapy um, because you're giving that person the ability to connect with people who have gone through what they've gone through so they have an understanding, they've experienced the same thing so these people feel really safe in that environment talking about it and they feel supported. It's different to talk to maybe their friends or their family, if these people have never gone through it, they might might feel like the people aren't connecting or they're judging them or they just feel detached. Whereas in group therapy, they feel super supported and that's another really good way of um, treating it. Then you can also treat it with medication. So it can be treated with an SSRI like antidepressants and that helps reduce symptoms and nightmares. Um, And it helps and like anti-anxiety medication to help treat like the arousal that they might be feeling. But pretty much the best way to treat PTSD is a combination of everything. So you want to be offering, you know, the therapy, the um, the exposure therapy, the group therapy and medication. It obviously depends on how intense it is and how often it's, you know, cropping up in their life. But the way it is, is the the quicker you can get to it and the quicker you can, you know, deal with the problem at hand, the better. So that person isn't then carrying on all these problems into their life and then increasing their anxiety, increasing their depression. Because as it gets worse and worse, people with PTSD are really likely to kind of, if they don't have help, they often won't seek help. They're going to self-medicate and often with alcohol or it could be drugs. And it might help the, initially the symptoms because it helps them like, wash the pain away kind of in the moment, but then it exacerbates the problem massively because you're just adding to more issues and to your brain health that's kind of going downhill when you're doing all this kind of stuff. So then it it just makes it so much worse. So that is my description of PTSD. Pretty hectic, but always, as usual, one of the best treatments is actually therapy, like cognitive therapy where you're using your mind to kind of fix the brain and medication should only i look at it when you're looking at ptsd medication should be used as like another leg to the treatment but ideally you want to be doing the therapy as well because that's where like the changes are going to happen whereas the medication is kind of helping the symptoms if that makes sense anyway that's the brain fact for today i hope you found that interesting i definitely do and Thank you so much for listening. That is all for today. I will speak to you guys very soon. Next week, most likely. Thank you to everyone that has bought the card game. You guys are legends. And thanks for sharing it on the Facebook group. I'm so excited to start seeing these come through. It's going to be amazing. If you are also in lockdown, stay strong. Fuck knows how long this is going to go for. But just please exercise. Move your body when you're feeling flat. Just do like, just do fucking 10 squat jumps. Do something to get your blood pumping get your heart rate up, start breathing deeply, change your posture, change your physical state. You will feel better in that moment. Even if it's just a little bit better, it's always worth it. Get outside, be in the sunlight. Shit like that is always going to help. Okay. If you see that you're on your phone too much, like block out times just to kind of get off technology. Cause you can go down like a downward spiral of feeling so flat. If all your energy is going into this one device. Okay. So kind of break up your day, move your body. Even if you don't want to do a full workout, just move your body. Um, and always remember that. Do that every day. Every day. And don't forget to drink water. I need to follow my own advice on that. Drink more water. Guys, thank you so much. As always, I adore you all. Keep sharing, keep rating, keep reviewing. I love you all, my beans. Remember, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone. And especially, don't take shit from yourself. do